This is it, fellow football fanatics. When the clock strikes midnight on January 9th of 2024, we will have our national champion for the 2023 college football season. And this is the final year of the four-team playoff. And isn't poetic that in the first and final season of the four-team playoff, we had a Big Ten versus Pac-12 showdown. Number four, Ohio State, took on number two, Oregon, in the 2014 through 2015 national championship game. And Michigan, number one Michigan, takes on Washington, number two Washington, both 14-0. They play for the national championship for the 2023 through 2024 college football playoff. And moving into the future, we have the 12-team playoff with the SEC and the Big Ten adding two and four great football programs, respectively. There's a lot of excitement towards 2024, an era of change, an era where we will perhaps reminisce about the four-team playoff in the same way that many reminisce about the, the days of the BCS and when players didn't opt out of even the bigger time bowl games but alas we're talking about Washington versus Michigan today and the 2024 stuff you will see content from me drop regarding my way too early 2024 predictions and thoughts on the 2024 season the days or maybe even day following the national championship game so grab a drink grab food play with Play-Doh, with, you know, knit yarn, do whatever you have to do to watch this awesome preview and prediction video. Before we dive any deeper, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so that you can get notified when I make a five reasons why Washington or Michigan can slash will win this game, which I did for Penn State versus Michigan. For Ohio State versus Michigan, I did this for Alabama versus Michigan, and I will be doing it for Washington versus Michigan as well. And if I had the time, I wanted to do it for Washington versus Texas. I think those type of videos, both giving my thoughts on why I'm picking one team to win and one team to lose, but then also playing devil's advocate and picking the other side, is really helpful to not just myself, but you all to give some nuance and insight. So if you want to get those videos and additional content relating to this game, but also content for the 2024 preseason, as I know many of you who are subscribed to the channel or maybe first-time viewers but college football fans love to talk about college football all year round, please hit the notification bell so that you can get notified of that content. I will be attending this game live in person, so there will not be a live stream for the national title game on my YouTube channel. However, there will be some videos regarding my trip to Houston and some live shots from the game in the stadium that I will be uploading to mostly my Patreon page. So if you want to support the channel but also gain insider access to bonus content, please join up as an All-American or Heisman patron. There will also be some much smaller snippets of everything on YouTube as well. But 
Thank you for listening to all of that. And more importantly than anything I just mentioned, comment your thoughts, analysis, and prediction for this game down in the comment section below. You likely see something or have a perspective that all of us are lacking in one way or another, and your contribution is important. Now, without further ado, let's talk about the matchup. Both of these teams are 14-0. These were the top two teams in the final college football playoff rankings. Number two, Washington beat number three, Texas, and number one, Michigan beat number four, Alabama, in phenomenal college football playoff semifinal games. On par, I think, in general, with last year's semifinal games. Though last year's semifinal games with combined scores of 83 in the Peach Bowl and in the Fiesta Bowl, a combined score of 96, those games were more offensive fireworks, constant big plays, I'd say more excitement in those games. But in terms of quality, back and forth, anyone could have or should have won all-time classic type game, these match up with last year's semifinals. And it's been good to see that in the final two seasons of the college football playoff that we have had quality semifinal matchups. However, last year, we all know how the national championship went down, 65-7. to and then Georgia in the Orange Bowl made it 63-3 to and once again named a record for the worst bowl loss for their opponent in the history of college football. I don't think that will happen in this game, but power rankings suggest that Michigan is the decisively better team. That's why they're ranked number one in ESPN's FPI. I still think they're ranked number one in Bill Connolly's S&P+. Meanwhile, Washington is outside of the top 10 in FPI. My power ranking system went defunct in November due to the fact that I tried to automate it and we had some technical difficulties, but it should be up and going. And part of the focus of my Patreon is on power rankings content. But my power ranking system probably would have kept Washington inside of the top 10 because it does have a player grade component, and I also give my own insights. It's not a purely computer-based model. I can give inputs. And I've thought that Washington is an elite team, or at least a near-elite team all season long. Doesn't mean that I have picked them to win every game. I picked them to lose to Utah in the preseason. I was wrong about that. I picked them for the first time all season from a preview and prediction standpoint to lose to Oregon State. I was wrong there. I picked against them again to lose to Oregon in the rematch in the Pac-12 championship game, though I picked Washington in the regular season matchup. I was wrong there. Thankfully, I picked them to beat Texas because they had a massive coaching advantage and their passing attack, which is the best in the country, very clutch. NFL players everywhere against a horrid Texas secondary was just a bad matchup from the beginning. But alas, only a little over a third of you are picking the Huskies to win. Almost two-thirds of you are picking Michigan to win. 63% or around 2,100 people in my community poll picked Michigan to win. 37% or about 1,220 of you all picked Washington to win. And I'm, I've tried to make my power ranking system, which I can't display for you all here, but I've shown it 
just in a very brief level on some earlier community posts and even showcased it as a prediction model in the regular season. At times, it was successful for a first-year alpha level system. And it's unique in the way that it would have Washington, I think, ranked inside of the top 10 or potentially higher than that. FPI factors in recruiting heavily. Potential power, which was the name of my power ranking system, did not, and I don't intend for it to factor in recruiting heavily, as showcased by the fact that Michigan and Washington are both outside of the top 10 in team talent composite, but because they're so good at developing their players and they're so good at calling plays and scheming ways to win, they can compensate for that lack of blue-chip talent. And when you're great at developing, you can turn three- and four-stars into high-level four-stars and and five-stars. You can create diamonds. That's what the good developmental programs do. And I think Michigan and Washington have top four strength and conditioning programs. I think Michigan's is the best in the country, and I think Washington's, I think, is just behind Michigan's. But I do find it interesting that Washington is power-rated much lower than Michigan. According to ESPN's FPI, Michigan should be favored by 10 points, neutral field straight up. But Vegas, the opening line was only 3.5 to Michigan. It moved to Michigan minus 4.5. Most of the bets as of now, close to three-fourths, are on Washington to cover. Michigan has given nearly a 74.3% chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. Some interesting matchups revolving around this game are trench play. How does Michigan's D-line handle themselves against Washington's offensive line, and how does Washington's defensive line handle themselves against a Michigan offensive line that looked drastically improved and played at close to a Joe Moore Award level against Alabama's vaunted pass rush in the Rose Bowl. Other intriguing position matchups to consider are Washington's wide receivers and Michael Penix against Will Johnson, Mikey Sainra still, Rod Moore in Michigan secondary. And I would say Michigan's tight ends and running backs functioning potentially as receivers against some of Washington's linebackers or maybe Sharon Moore can get them in mismatches against Washington's secondary. There are a lot of intriguing matchups here. And these teams, I think, in a certain sense, are more even in roster-wise than I think some may expect. I think that Michigan still has an advantage in terms of roster and staff, but people have underestimated, including myself, Washington all season long. And here they are. They're 14-0. They find ways to win. Their offense is underrated because they've had bad games against Arizona State, for example, or kind of a mediocre, just above-average performance against Arizona, bad performance against Washington State offensively. When this team is playing at their ceiling, they are one of the best teams in college football. Same goes for Michigan. The difference is Michigan consistently plays at a higher level because I think they have a much higher floor than Washington does. Michigan has the better staff. I think Kalen DeBoer is a top six head coach. Problem is, I think Jim Harbaugh is a top three head coach. And although I think Ryan Grubb is a better offensive coordinator than Sharon Moore, 
Sharon Moore is great. He also coaches a great offensive line group, and I do believe that Jesse Minter is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country right now. I think with how he called that game against Alabama, with how he's limited Ohio State's offenses this year and last year, the fact that he's undefeated in Big Ten conference play and only has one loss in his Michigan career as a defensive coordinator, mostly because of his defenses, speaks to how elite of a coordinator he is. I would take him over William Inge, or Inge, maybe, and Chuck Morrell, the co-defensive coordinators of the Washington Huskies. So I give Michigan a staff advantage. I also think they have the better strength and conditioning staff. And Jamarcus Shepard, I would take him over Ron Bellamy. Those are the wide receivers coaches. But Michigan is just awesome at coaching the defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back from Steve Klinkscale to Mike Elston. Michigan, I think, is the best staff in the country, and that's why I give them the edge there. At quarterback, J.J. McCarthy has a higher efficiency rating than Michael Penix Jr. I don't think you would have believed me if I said that was going to take place in the preseason, but alas, here we are. McCarthy is an 89.5 QBR. Penix has an 85.7 QBR. The difference is it's easier to have a higher QBR when you only have 314 passing attempts compared to 504 passing attempts. Penix has to carry a much heavier load. Penix is averaging more yards per pass attempt. He has 13 more touchdowns and only five more interceptions. And Penix is a 163.5 passer rating. McCarthy is a 170.1. And McCarthy does have a better mobility to him. But Penix, and really McCarthy showed this too, playing against Alabama, I think, and having that great game. Both are clutch. And both are, I would say, near-elite quarterbacks. But I would go a step further with Penix and say that he is an elite college quarterback. Between McCarthy and Penix, in terms of NFL readiness or which quarterback NFL teams would prefer, I think NFL teams would prefer the athleticism, the proven track record of being healthy, and the youth of McCarthy over Penix, who's older, who's had injury problems. But Penix just commands the field. He has to do more. He has had multiple games where he has led his team to victory on his own accord, while McCarthy's really had only one game like that this season against Alabama. I have to give Washington the edge at quarterback. This also factors in depth because if Penix went down, I forget if his backup is it's Morris or Mack, but I think Mack uh, Morris may have entered the transfer portal, or maybe it was Mack. I don't necessarily know. I do trust Washington's backup quarterback over Michigan's backup quarterback, which would be a combination of Jack Tuttle, Jaden Denegal, or Alex Orgy, all of whom were a massive drop-off from J.J. McCarthy. At running back, if Cameron Davis was healthy, let me tell you, I have a feeling with how this offensive line has functioned and with how Dylan Johnson functioned, and the fact that Cameron Davis had over 10 rushing touchdowns last season, nearly 1,000 yards, maybe Washington's offense would just be insane with a healthy Cameron Davis. But he's unfortunately hurt, redshirt junior, so he'll be back next season. Dylan Johnson, it was revealed today that Kalen DeBoer expects him to be healthy for the national title game. That's a huge boost to Washington. 
He's a 1,000-yard rusher, over 10 rushing touchdowns. Absolutely great player. There's no doubt about it. But I would take Blake Corum and I would take Donovan Edwards over Dylan Johnson. Blake Corum has 1,111 rushing yards and 25 rushing touchdowns. Edwards is 393 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Michigan's only been averaging 4.3 yards per carry. Washington has been averaging 4.4 yards per carry. But Michigan has had nearly 130 or 140, 150 more carries on the season. Michigan prefers to run the ball, whereas Washington prefers to pass the ball. It's a contrast of styles. And that's also why I have Washington, obviously, at wide receiver. These teams are very close at tight end, but with how Colston Loveland has fared this season and A.J. Barner being a reliable weapon, too, I am leaning Michigan at tight end. But Jack Westover and also Devin Culp and Josh Wavis are great tight ends, too. And that is a deep that is a deep room. The tight end room might be one of the more intriguing spots in this game, as it's probably the most competitive position group outside of potentially offensive line in this matchup. But at wide receiver, I want to talk about this for a minute or two minutes. Washington has two receivers who have 1,000 and 100 or more receiving yards. They have two players that have 60 or more receptions. And they have two receivers who have nine or more receiving touchdowns. Those are Jalen Polk and Roma Dunze, who I have affectionately named the Caesar because he commands the field. He is a brilliant tactician who is also used by brilliant tacticians to exploit defenses. No one can cover him. This will be the best secondary, though, that Washington has played all season long. So again, that's another matchup a matchup that I'm very curious to see what happens, as I thought that Jalen Milrow would have more success against Michigan's defense in the passing game than he did. He never hit a deep shot. He hit one 30-yard pass, which you could probably count as a deep shot, but it wasn't into the end zone. It was on the sidelines, perfectly thrown. That was his only true intermediate to deep downfield pass he had all game. So... I'm curious to see how Adunze and Polk will do against Michigan's defense, but I imagine with McMillan, Jeremy Bernard, Jack Westover, Devin Culp, that these receivers and this passing offense will fare far better just on the virtue that they're much better than Alabama's passing offense against the Michigan Wolverines. I think Adunze is the best receiver in the country right now. 1,553 receiving yards this season, 13 receiving touchdowns on 87 receptions. He's averaging 17.9 yards per reception. Last year, he had 1,145 receiving yards and seven receiving touchdowns. So he's improved this season. A junior, 6'3", 215, so tall and big out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And you have Jalen Polk, too, who's an NFL wide receiver. McMillan is an NFL receiver. Bernard will be an NFL receiver. There's so much talent at the wide receiver position. I think this is, outside of defensive back in favor of Michigan, the position group on the field that has the largest disparity in favor of one team. Washington at receiver is a massive talent gap ahead of Michigan. Michigan at defensive back, and some would argue the entire defense has a large advantage over Washington. Michigan is only allowing 
nine and a half points per game right now. Number one in scoring defense. The Huskies have 21 sacks on the season. The Wolverines have nearly double of that. They have 39. Michigan has 49 passes defended, 16 interceptions, 13 forced fumbles, and 9 fumble recoveries. The Washington Huskies have 64 passes defended. They have 16 interceptions. They have 6 forced fumbles and 4 fumble recoveries. And Washington is, they're good at getting the passes defended. They're good at getting the interception. But they're also, they also have problems with giving up big plays. And Michigan's secondary, I've been overcritical of them all season long, saying that they occasionally give up big plays and it worries me. They showed against Alabama that they can be the nation's number one secondary. Mikey Sainra still right now has five interceptions, two returned for six, two forced fumbles. He has six passes defended, two sacks, 36 total tackles. That is an all that is an all American, an all American stat line for a defensive back. Will Johnson has three interceptions and four passes defended. Keon Sab has two interceptions. Rod Moore has two interceptions. And Quinton Johnson, who had a forced fumble against Jalen Milrow, Jaden McBurrows, Chris Jenkins, and Kenneth Grant all have passes deflected as well. The Wolverines are number one, number one in defensive efficiency, which I don't think has updated yet, and I don't think it will update until after the national title game, but they have 91.3 efficiency points on defense compared to Washington who defensively has 64.8 efficiency points and the 30th most efficient defense. Michigan, for whatever reason, has a more efficient offense than Washington. According to ESPN Analytics, I don't necessarily agree with that, but from a points-per-play perspective and the fact that Michigan's offense just is more balanced and we've seen Washington go through periods of time where, look, they're dead offensively, or they're slow, or they're not calling a great game like we saw against Texas in the fourth quarter. I can't understand it, but I respectfully disagree. Last two moments that we'll touch on before we get into the players to watch, and I give my prediction. This is special teams. Washington has the 23rd most efficient special teams unit. According to ESPN Analytics, Michigan is 50th. Now, again, I don't think ESPN's efficiency metrics have updated since after conference championship week, Michigan's was an utter debacle. They were grotesque against Alabama, missing a field goal, missing a PAT, muffing two punts, losing one of the fumbles. Grady Gross was amazing against Texas. He helped Washington win that game, no doubt, as Washington, they kicked three field goals and one by six, and Washington muffed one punt, lost it sadly, but that was it. Based off of their performance in the semifinals and how they've performed throughout the season, I am giving special teams to Washington, despite the fact that I think James Turner, from a field goal made percentage and also the fact that he has a stronger leg, has been a more reliable kicker. But I think that Washington special teams are more experienced, and Michigan has had problems muffing punts and even kickoffs at times all season long. The offensive line is the final position. Washington has allowed 11 sacks, and they're forcing 4.4 yards per carry on the ground. 
Michigan, they pass less than Washington, and yet they've allowed 18 total sacks, and they're averaging less in terms of yards per carry on the ground at 4.3 as opposed to 4.4. I do think that Michigan, healthy with Zach Zinner, or even without him, the way they played against Alabama shows this offensive line has an elite ceiling, a Joe Moore Award caliber ceiling. The problem is I have seen them be inconsistent at times throughout the season, and Washington's offensive line has been more steady. They're, in my opinion, able to open up bigger holes in the ground game. They just don't have as good of running backs to make those plays like Michigan does with Corum and even Donovan Edwards, at least when he was hitting his stride last season. These two teams, roster-wise, overall, I think are more even than some would care to say. I've heard people say that the Wolverines will blow out Washington, for example, and there are probably people who think that Washington might finally, quote-unquote, prove the cheaters wrong. I think this has the potential to be a great game and a great national championship game for the first time since the 2021-2022 national title game between Alabama and Georgia. Though I would think because of Washington's high power on offense and their defense having some questions, I think that that would add more intrigue and more of an exciting fireworks game than really what was a defense-on-defense showdown in the 2021 through 2022 national title game. Here are some players to watch. I listed two defenders in Braylon Trice for Washington and Will Johnson, the corner, for Michigan. And the reason that I did that is because I think that it's key for both of these defenses to be locked down against what are efficiency monsters on the offensive side of the ball. According to ESPN Analytics, these teams have top five offenses in efficiency. And if you want to look at another front from college football, a points per play, which can measure defense but mostly measures offense, Michigan is fifth in points per play, averaging 0.571 points per play. Washington is seventh in points per play, averaging 0.569 points per play. You want to go deeper? and look at one of my favorite statistics, which is points per play margin. Michigan is a 0.398 points per play margin. Washington is a 0.238 yards or points per play margin. First for the Wolverines, eighth for the Huskies. This is in comparison to last year where Georgia had a 0.357 points per play margin, 15-0 national champions. TCU was all the way down at 16th with a 0.136 points per play margin. Now, of course, that was bef- that was after the national title game. You go before the national title game, Texas Christian was 8th with a 0.198 points per play margin. So both of these offenses are efficiency monsters. They're very, they're efficient, they're effective. Michigan's isn't explosive while Washington's is, but Michigan's is very methodical very well schemed out, and so is Washington's as well. I think that for the Huskies, you need Braylon Trice to get into the backfield, make J.J. McCarthy uncomfortable, maybe function as a run stopper at times, and you need the rest of your front seven, who I'd also list as players to watch, but mainly the linebacker, Edifuan Olufashoa, Olu, 
or Olo Foscio, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he made several clutch tackles in the Sugar Bowl. He's projected to be a day three NFL pick. Same with Zion Tupola Fetui, the other edge. And I would say those three players on defense, along with Jabbar Muhammad, the star cornerback, are players to watch on defense for the Huskies. Offensively, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, uh, Michael Penix Jr., I would say are players to watch. And this season... Braylon Trice leads the team in sacks with seven. He also has two passes defended, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and 46 total tackles. For the Michigan Wolverines, they will be facing a high-powered passing offense. And even if they can get to the quarterback and get pressure, because Washington is a Joe Moore Award offensive line and because they have great receivers, pressure will not be enough. They will also have to play good coverage, and I think that is more important than the coverage. I think the coverage is going to do more to lead to pressure and sacks than the actual talent and speed and athleticism at defensive end and defensive tackle by itself. Will Johnson has three interceptions, four passes defended, 23 total tackles. He's one of the best cover corners in the nation. Definitely going to be a day one NFL draft pick in the 2025 NFL draft. Other players to watch for Michigan on defense. I would say are Chris Jenkins, Jalen Harrell, and Mason Graham. I would also look at Rod Moore, the free safety, who looks to be a first or second round NFL draft pick, and Mikey Sainer still as well. Offensively, pay attention to Colston Loveland, A.J. Barner, Blake Corum at running back, and I would say J.J. McCarthy at quarterback. And Going back to the Huskies, Troy Fatanu, the left tackle for Washington, and Trevor Keegan, the left guard for Michigan. Those are some offensive linemen to pay attention to on what have been elite offensive lines, at least when only paying attention to their college football playoff performances. It was impressive seeing Michigan not allow a single sack to Chris Braswell or Dallas Turner, and it was also impressive for Washington not allowing a single sack to one of the better D lines in the country in Texas and moving the football also on the ground on them and opening up holes. My prediction for this game is Michigan 38-27. I've said before that I think Washington was going to be Michigan's toughest matchup, just in terms of how high their ceiling is. And that hasn't totally changed. But the more I look at this Washington team, the more they remind me. And I've had a friend mention this. I've heard Joel Klatt mention this. They remind me of 2021 Ohio State with a better defensive line, a better offensive line, a worse secondary. And overall, they don't have the same upside with their second stringers. So it's important that in this game, Washington stays healthy. I think they will because they have an elite strength and conditioning staff. Michigan played one of their worst games I've seen all season in the Rose Bowl. They still found a way to one. I think they're going to bounce back in this game. Washington played a phenomenal elite three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter really slowed down. They went away from the game plan they used in the first three quarters and nearly lost the game. Washington only had five penalties against Texas, and most of those came in the final quarter of the game. They played unusually disciplined on the penalty front. 
Washington turns the ball over more than Michigan does and doesn't force as many turnovers. I do think, really, in retrospect, that it was actually Alabama that was probably Michigan's worst matchup. And that was due to the fact that it's Nick Saban, best coach in the country. Alabama has the best pass rush by any team that was in the college football playoff, and Michigan's tackles have... Well, they were and looked weak in October and November. They held up pretty well in the college football playoff. And Alabama had a month to prepare. That's the other thing I'm going off here. Washington only has a week to prepare, and so does Michigan. But Michigan is prepared for teams like Washington, whether it's the Ohio State of 21 or 22. And even this year's Ohio State team had some similarities to this Washington team. Michigan has faced offenses like this before. I don't think Washington has played a team like Michigan. The closest team that I could think of is Oregon, but Michigan has a defense that is miles better than Oregon's, and offensively, Michigan is different as well. I think Michigan isn't as explosive as Oregon, but I do think Michigan's tougher offensively, and they're better at assessing their risks on the offensive side of the ball than Oregon is. I think Washington will pass for 300-plus yards, but it will be in a way where Michigan plays some soft zone. They don't let Washington get big plays, or they'll probably allow one or two or three, but they try and minimize them, force Washington into some field goals. And I think Michigan's defensive line will come to play, and they'll hold Washington to under 100 due to Chris Jenkins, Mason Graham, and Kenneth Grant just really coming to play. And also Dylan Johnson, I don't know if he'll be at 100%, but it's good for Washington that he is playing. The Huskies will make more mistakes in this game than they did in the Sugar Bowl. The inverse of that is Michigan will play a better game on special teams. Their receivers and quarterback will have better chemistry. I think Michigan will run for 200-plus yards in part because they will have an easier time passing the ball and scheming their receivers wide open against a Washington secondary that isn't as good, to be frank, compared to Alabama's. It's an underrated secondary for sure. I think statistically, Washington's secondary is pushed down due to the fact that they've faced Arizona, they faced Oregon, USC. They, they faced a plethora of top 10 quarterbacks this season. They played Bonix twice, and then they played an offense in Texas that has great players. This is, I would say, an average, above-average secondary, but they're not good they're not great. They're certainly not near elite or elite. And I think McCarthy will have one of his better passing games of the season. That will open up holes in the ground game, especially seeing that Washington's ground attack time struggled against Texas's. And if Michigan's O-line comes to play like they did in the Rose Bowl, they will have their way against Washington's defensive line. The run game, both offensively and defensively, will prevail. Michigan 38, Washington 27. I think it'll be a great game because I have respect for Washington, and I do think they match up better with Michigan than, let's say, a 2021 or 2022 Ohio State does. But I could see Michigan winning by more, more than I could see Washington just straight up winning this game. I do feel like with the staff advantage and with Michigan being more used to playing a team like Washington— then Washington is comfortable playing a team like Michigan. I feel like that plays into the Wolverines' hands. So 38-27, I have all the respect in the world for Washington, though. And, 
You can say that I'm doubting them, and maybe I am, but I picked you to beat Texas, and I will stand by that. I originally thought it was going to be a hard game to pick, and then I just saw the matchup, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't pick a team that has a Mel Tucker, Michigan State-style secondary to beat the best passing offense in the country. I can't do that. And Penix indeed made Texas's secondary look like Michigan State's from early this season. So I have tremendous respect for Washington. I'm happy to see that they're 14-0 up to this point with a chance to go 15-0 and win it all. For Michigan, it's my team. I picked them to win it all in the preseason. I'm happy that they're in this spot, and it would be awesome for them to win it all. Thanks to Crash2488 for sponsoring this video as a Heisman patron. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst for sponsoring this video as an All-American patron. Thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for sponsoring this video. I said game. I keep saying sponsoring this game. I don't know what's up with that. I'm not the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl, but whatever. For sponsoring this video as an all-conference patron. Check out my Patreon page if you want to support the channel, gain access to bonus content, and you'll be thanked at the end of every video. Have a great day, guys. Hopefully I can see some of you or meet some awesome college football fans and maybe players in Houston. Have a phenomenal day, guys. Bye-bye.